0: I was traced by the wolves. I was traced by. by the wolves. I was traced by. by the wolves. By. By the wolves. The night. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. Um, Evan, why I'm your Evan not here with Will. Intro. Will is live once again. We're in the off I didn't hear for an all intro. sports, so Will kind of comes in and out. Will, glad to hear your voice. How are you doing,
1: man? It's an it's a it's a true off season podcast.
0: You didn't hear an intro.
1: It's who knows? Maybe it didn't pass my storage limit over here. I think it played. Um, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'm I've had a headache, a terrible headache all <laughs> I'll it, add the so intro in if it didn't catch. it. Uh, I don't know. It I'm definitely be played. real on the spot on this pod. Yeah,
0: it's true. Well, nothing cures a headache than listening to me talk for an hour. So here we go. Uh, we, it, I don't really know what to talk about. So we've been just kind of scrounging for things to talk about. It's one of those very slow times in the sports world. I will say that the transfer portal hits. If you want to play in the fall, in a fall sport, basketball is a fall sport, football is a fall sport, you need to be in the portal by May 1st. And then spring semester, July first. Well, so these okay. next,
1: since we're scrounging for topics, how many guys should be really at interesting UNC for be in the portal after they're anybody spring this Saturday
0: still thinking about going in the portal? So yeah,
1: there's that. They've only got what four days, five days to do it. Then,
0: ooh, football, football portal, um yeah that's a good question. I've only been keeping track of basketball portal guys. I imagine a bunch they've already they've lost a few already they've yeah if I don't if I recall correctly they've over they recruited over a few people. And so I think you're going to see some of them stop that, that they right. got last year. Well, I year. don't know.
1: You know. Now that they're a um, Dark Horse National Championship contender after eight uh, wins last year. Um, I don't know what the number is, but let's say you over know, Maybe you'll see the five. basketball effect five. where uh, these guys just stick around. And they say, hey, man, I'm just happy to be fourth string. Um, <laughs> Jesus...
0: It's funny, you know, uh, Pro Football Focus put out a tweet earlier in the week and I responded to it and it got a lot of attention. But it was running back rankings for the 2021 NFL draft. Devontae Williams, Najee Harris, Alabama, Travis Etienne, Clemson, Michael Carter, Carolina, Galeo Herbert from Virginia Tech, and then Trace Herman from Ohio State. My point with – what a point I was trying to make here is that Carolina is losing two very good backs. As much as I hate to admit it, they are very good backs. And I don't know how people are overlooking Yeah, I don't I don't the know. I had uh um, 4,000 yards of offense or whatever, texting, whatever those guys have been tweeting Come with on. uh it Brown about
1: it because everyone was talking Why about Why do people just completely discount their receivers, that? you know, they young receivers and like there was just gonna be no drop off. And who knows? I mean with with um, with Longo's offense, it's quite possible that, you know, in theory, there's minimal drop-off despite the obvious just mass of talent that was there at the right time. Um, I'm trying to scroll through my tweets right now to find it because I actually did the math and was going on just a massive rant <laughs> about just their, just everyone's, you know, returning capability or whatnot. But, um I mean the, the tweet in question from you that got all that attention. I mean, I guess just to me, it's like, yes, Javante Williams was like really great last year. Um I can't remember did if he played in the bowl game or not. I'd be curious to go back and see what his numbers were if he did, because he didn't have necessarily the wide receivers to back him up. But I mean I also just remember a lot of the stuff last year was I mean, really optimal timing for UNC, I mean, I, UNC got really lucky, you know, playing. I mean, we were definitely depleted. Obviously, Larry had just gone out the the game before. Um, I think Engle was out. Uh, Peyton Wilson was clearly injured. Uh, others were kind of hobbling around. But I keep thinking about games like with VT, Miami, that had a bunch of guys out for COVID and and other injuries. You know, it, it just, it, it seems like it was kind of a perfect storm And I don't want to take away from how well he was playing, but at the same time, he was also just, he just kind of peaked at the right time. I'm going to be really curious. Um, The first thing I actually thought of when I looked at that list of backs was like, it's kind of unfair that, um, you know, these guys, you know, typically have like two or three years of really good run in them in the NFL. And it's on these rookie contracts. So all five guys are probably going to get screwed long-term unless one of them stays healthy. Uh was the first thing I thought of. But then the second thing was like, I mean, I- I'll take Travis Etienne, who is clearly mm-hmm. an incredible um, pass catching back. I mean, he's a true three down back. Um, I'm just shocked that he is number three on this list. I just can't believe that.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm surprised. I don't. I don't know what to say. Like, I saw I saw that list. And I'm like, Have you seen Najee Harris's thighs? His thighs alone would make me attractive. That guy is a truck man, and ETN is just he's done nothing but be really good from start to finish. Right, four years of just uh, amazing. Now, I mean, I guess you can argue the usage numbers for Harris and ETN. You know. But I don't know, man. I'm, I'm taking Trey Sermon over Michael Carter. And I think Khalil Herbert is actually pretty good, too. Javante Williams, you know, I, I can go either way on that. I think he's a really good back. He obviously makes people miss. But both of them in that yeah, list. If and I, can find having back. I, I just I, don't know how I they com- do that.
1: I had compiled and basically just everything they're releasing. Um, the other thing, things, too, will exactly be actually really interesting. I know this is an NC State podcast, but because I was just clicking on the UNC page, um, Surratt, Surratt's picture just popped up. Like, I mean, that's another one where I'll be curious to see what happens on that defense. I mean, folks from the UNC side that replied to a couple tweets a few weeks back were, you know, implying that they thought they were getting better on yeah. defense. I don't know, man. Sometimes when you just le- lose like an, a, an utterly intuitive player like that, it can expose a lot of gaps that, uh, that are there. Um, but then again, I really liked, aside from the cheating, I really liked. Um oh my god I'm trying to blank on his name Jay Bateman um as a defensive coordinator I think he's one of those guys that does kind of push the game to to new directions um so I was really annoyed when they hired him instead of whatever that old timer was that Mac was originally bringing in <laughs> Um let's see here
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: Yeah, they got that guy coming in. I guess that could be a little yeah, bit I'm of an. Yeah, trying X to look factor. at um their roster. I mean,
0: see who it, even who who are the running back. I know they got the kid from yeah Tennessee. I mean, they
1: lost Brown Newsom. You know they Elijah Green. I mean, look, it's it's going to come down to to Howell.
0: Same thing with the wide receivers, right? That's the simple thing, right? If your star
1: quarterback stays healthy the whole time, it changes everything. It keeps you in games. Um, You know, it's. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm not saying he and Leary are the same, but I mean, I can tell from Leary's arm that they're far closer together than you'd think. Um, You know, I mean that they've they've stayed healthy the last couple years. I mean, the thing is, is NC State just despite everything right i mean we had a great year last year we were still like battling a crazy amount of injuries and that's what's what needs to change for dave the years he's been really good have typically been years where we're very healthy throughout the year um it starts on the line quarterback obviously for two straight years now has had issues um i mean it's i guess that's the one thing you can take from the yeah. spring game right is that uh, not everyone died <laughs>
0: Right, seriously. Finley almost died for a second there, but he's okay. You mentioned uh, Sam Howell and Devin Leary, and then this is a question I wanted to ask you. I was on Matt um, Coe's podcast.
1: and hey, he asked me "Who the top five. It's going to be tough, You're actually, where to put ACC Devin Leary. But Devin Leary is obviously going to well, be the top who five. Who will be the top five, five quarterback? He's got ACC the arm talent to be there.
0: This give is just out of order, five.
1: I'd say. Howell's there. Um, Derek King, assuming he comes back healthy. DJ, you look a little lily. Um and then honestly Yeah. I'm not this I'm not a Jerkovich guy. I just uh I mean I looked at his numbers again last year. I did not watch a ton of BC games, but when I did, he didn't look incredibly talented by any means. Um and he definitely tailed off on the back end of the season. Then he got hurt too. I don't know the the details there. So I always kinda put a pause up. I'd even put a pause up for Leary a little bit. That's why I kind of would keep him at the number three, four or five range. But um, I don't know. I mean, who would you take? Who Who are your guys? Cause I mean, I just, I don't really like anyone else outside of that group. Um, is that how it's pronounced?
0: Yeah, so I went Howl, Kenny Pickett, uh, DJ, Ooye Ung, Ooye Lele. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I've got it sounded out in the in the episode chat on the, on the pod chat. It's, uh, it's in the tagline. I'm going to have to say it like a thousand times this year, so I got to get it right. But that's how you say it. So I have him, I have those three, and then Leary, and I think I had jerkovic as my fifth. I, I get your argument. I, I don't know how good he's going to be. I think they lost a lot. And then I, I didn't put De'Aaron King in there. Mackenzie Milton, both those guys coming off of major knee surgeries or major surgeries, major leg surgeries. You know, King especially. You know, his what he does well is run the ball and throw the deep ball. Is he going to be able to run? Is that running threat going to still be there with? you know, one and a half knees. Well, I don't know. I don't know how fast he's going to recover. That's my hesitation putting him in that list. I think Leary's injury is much less major and easier to recover from. But same thing with Kenzie Milton. I think he's a very good quarterback. Is he going to get hit one time and, and you know, freeze? Or is he going to be okay? I, I don't know. It's – so I, I found it hard to put those guys in there. And then after that, it's like Sam Hartman and – I uh, oh man, who man, else geez. we have? I'm trying to think, uh, Garrett Schrader, <laughs> Syracuse, the Mississippi State transfer who was terrible there.
1: I I still don't understand why. They do do wanted kind of Burmeister to over do quarterback. Hooker. Georgia Tech Jeff Sims. I, I just I, Virginia Tech. Burmeister. I mean, uh, uh, Burmeister. The I mean I, I'm, these guys I'm, I'm are, still just scare me. My mind is still blown by that whole event.
0: Hooker? yeah that blows my mind yeah so so that that's interesting i, I just after the i mean there's really I mean, Sam Howell, as much as I think he's overrated, I still think he's, he's good pick enough. Pickett is back. And after that, there's a bunch of guys that are unproven. Oh I
1: thought his whole thing was Kenny like – Kenny Pickett is he's an uh, NFL he's really quarterback good. On a, he's on a on terrible a team. He's really team. good. He's got to get and out of
0: there. There's just not a whole lot of good I, I thought he quarterbacks.
1: Was, Say what? I thought he was bolting. Um, I think so. I hope wow. so. The rich get richer.
0: Um, <laughs> I He's coming back, my man. No, I'm pretty sure he's returning. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of rich gets richer, Dave Doran's contract
1: was extended. Well, um, this week. I think it's pretty simple. Uh, one of the, um, of the guy, I think what's to the, to the sixth Dave Dave Doran's contract the along trend with of the program to recognize that the previous year was season, in a freakish anomaly. Um, And shouldn't be used to judge him. Just saw the team win seven ACC games in the middle of a pandemic when there were plenty of reasons to quit, especially after the star quarterback went down. Um, You know, I I think they are smart enough to say the they've got a great staff right now, um, which is worth investing in. I think they, I think Boo also believes that, um, investing, not just in that staff, but the support staff around Dave is important to success. And I mean, I think the thing is, it's like, look, you know, if you go out and win, continue to win eight or nine games or more, hopefully, um, and you're doing it in a way that doesn't really embarrass the university and is, you know, showing integrity, keeping the guys out of trouble for the most part. Um, I think it's worth it. And I also think, I don't know how this factors in. I think they delayed when the payments would go in because of the pay cuts last year. But I do wonder also if there's a little bit of, hey, we know you guys took one on the chin last year due to COVID from a salary perspective. So I wonder if it was also a little bit of a makeup there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably a bit of both. To me, it's you know the the main decision is it's the recruiting angle that whether you believe it or not, agents use to say, you know, we he's got to have four years on his deal. You know, he's got to be able to recruit. Can't recruit with less than four years, which is mostly nonsense. But that's what they do, and that's what they did, and it's four years. So it makes to me it's perfectly fine. It wasn't. I mean, they added. If I'm mistaken, I'll tell year, you what I don't maybe like two years. I forgot what it was being limited uh, to one bump, meal. I like the his bonuses. Bowl? Come on. For, what is you know, that? Okay. That's gotta be some state. And 10 rule I don't like something. the eight. I, I, I mean, so hard um, when I saw
1: that. Um, could you imagine like someone like is sitting there in line or, you know, at the <laughs> cashier or whatever <laughs> this stupid. at the center and is like, excuse me, Dave, I need to see your punch card for the day. Oh, I see you've already had a meal today. That'll be $6 and 80 cents. Please. Oh my god! <laughs> or I just like right? to think that Dave is like. It doesn't make such any a, sense. It's gotta uh, be like a, a hoarder, not a hoarder. A miser with his money. he's like. I gotta say, one meal a day at, at know, least. Come on, man.
0: I mean, it's possible. I don't know, man. It's it was some weird stuff.
1: Two courtesy vehicles. It's it's
0: a you know normal twenty tickets to football home games. Like, why? I'm 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 just surprised they have to spec they have to specify those things. I don't. I don't know. That's got to be NCAA stuff. Graduation, graduate, graduation rate bonuses. Okay, whatever. Which one? Academics. Nobody cares uh, about that. You no, know, I mean, yeah, it's just right. eight benchmarks. wins. Gets uh, 50, is $50, a- that eight is an million. agent really saying, "Okay, like if you're not going
1: to give me the guaranteed I really money, a, I want that's something." A weird, that's a weird one too. That can easily be eight wins. He gets fifty year, grand. You know, I mean, really, that's. Get three or four wins in your schedule, and then your- go and win four or five wins in the ACC. That's basically saying I need you to get five hundred in the ACC at a minimum, right? Yeah. Um, I, I what it, what was curious to me is I don't remember if it specified if these were um non bowl game related or if the bowl game numbers also factor in. They probably do. Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
0: No, he has specific bowl game bonuses and title game bonuses, and so that's where like he gets to twelve wins, he gets two hundred and fifty, and you know twelve or more is still two hundred and fifty. All right, so he doesn't get any more there. He gets hundred grand for getting to the ACC title game, two hundred for winning the ACC title game, and then there's a whole bunch of other bowl games and playoff game incentives.
1: Does he still have top one for recruiting like he top used 15, to finish a hundred getting like a top 25 recruiting class. And per then there's scout also or bonuses or for
0: the staff along those lines too.
1: Yeah. It was a no, that was a right? deb I thing. I just mean, didn't know if it continued. It was one of those things where I was like, Ooh man, that's kind of a perverse incentive and also just feeds into my theory that there's plenty of coaches out there just sliding money so. under the table. these services. That was a dev thing to, uh, to jazz up a recruit. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it when I saw it. I just thought it was probably not going to incentivize good behavior.
0: Uh, That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I have to read the contract. I'm not sure if that that one's still in there. I'll, I'll look through it again. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it it all makes sense. Look, and this is one of the things I I keep – I bring this conversation up like a few times a week, it seems like. People ask me about Dave Dorn. I'm like, if Dave wins two Wake Forest games, right, two games that he should have won, two games he was leading, you win two Wake Forest games, he's got two 10-win seasons on his hands. And that completely changes the the narrative of Dave Dorn, right? That it completely changes – how people look at him and it's such a fine line. And so I think he's done mostly good. I I understand the detractors and the win, the big games and whatever, but he's elevated the floor of this program to a point where we're at eight wins. I think like we're expecting eight wins. I think that's pretty normal. You know, if you look across his time, the last few years, Eight wins should be the floor for this team. You know, he got eight wins last year with a
1: Bailey Hockman at quarterback. Yeah. It's funny, actually. I feel like the seven wins. I think he's done a really good job. So I understand how they kind of didn't hesitate to give him those extra years for the recruiting, whatever. Like, there's just no um, downside to it. Teams are definitely having a bad year. But now it's like if you go and get four and four in the ACC, I'm like, man, I just saw you in a 10 game season go seven and three. Like, this is. I feel like I'm going to have her a lot less. uh, What do I want to say? Like uh, relief given um, if he, you know, only wins four games in a season that I don't know, man. So here's,
0: here's a question from the people. What do you think it would take for state to be better on the recruiting trail? To get better at recruiting, this is similar to the age-old question: Can we do better than eight or nine wins? Can we recruit Sorry, better than twenty-five or thirty-five? Say the question again, but this is what people love on the pod. So, what what does state need to do to get better recruiting? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think it would take for state to do better we on the recruiting trail? should this be able some, this to. This is similar to the age-old question. Can we do better than like eight or nine
1: wins? Can we recruit better in than In reality, the teams players? we're hunting against are typically, you know, Clemson, UNC, South Carolina. The ones that, I mean, that were losing what I would say is like movers in the rankings. Um you know, Georgia occasionally. I mean, the thing is, is state needs to get a 10-win season, needs to have success so that they can point to it and say, the reason you go to us and you overlook everything that Clemson is giving you, all the nonsense that the UNC folks are spouting at you, the Virginia Tech people that, you know, they always come down here and snipe one or two guys. Um, you need to have that success to show them and see, see, we are building something. You're going to win when you're here and you're going to compete against these big dogs. You know, that's one thing. And two, I would say like you got to get these humiliating losses off off the the records, man. You got to be competitive against Clemson. You cannot be getting blown out by UNC. Last year, look, I'm going to forget it, man. You lose your your star quarterback and then you see Bailey Hockman trotting out there, I get why the team came out. It was like, mm, "I'm not super into this." Um, you know, but I mean, the thing is, like, he's got to hit it, make his, you know, he's got to hit his shot when he gets the chance, man. He, like you said, right, beating Wake that gets you ten wins, beating Miami last year. There's really no excuse when you go back and watch that game. Like, we should have won that game. Um, you know, he's thank God he beat Liberty, right? Because if he loses Liberty, man, that you put it's kind of a twist on that season. If it's you know, what what do we ended up with? Eight wins. Right. If you end up with seven and five and one of those is that Liberty game, especially how gross that Liberty game was, you know, but at the same time, like I'm always of the mindset that it's incremental wins in football. It's you typically do not just go on a never ending rise up to the top like Clemson kind of did recently. You got to grind it out. So I think he's at an inflection point. I think if he wins this year, it starts translating. The message starts translating again. And then you'll start pulling those guys. I still think it's just hard. This year it's going to be impossible because we're not going to have enough recruits to crack a top 25. You know, our I think we're at like maybe like what, 10, 15 available slots.
0: Yeah. It, nobody knows. It's going to be weird. It's going to be transfers, all that stuff. What I would say, and I think you touched on it, winning winning, cures all. I think Dave has gotten a lot out of what he can from the recruiting standpoint with what he was given. I think the staff he's brought in is all around better recruiters. I think that should elevate it. But the real thing that's going to elevate it is winning and not, you know, not losing those Wake Forest games or not losing those stupid games they shouldn't have. I'm looking at the the class rankings for 2021, right? State's 35th, so it's perfectly in, in this question. The teams that are ahead of it that, in theory, we should be able to recruit with or ahead of Kentucky, Virginia, Utah, UCLA, Oklahoma State, Cal, Mizzou, Pitt, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Iowa. That's your that's your next nine in order. Right. So you should be able to recruit with those at any given time and move yourself into that top twenty-five. And then it becomes a little dicey because you're dealing with FSU, Penn State, Nebraska, Auburn, Tennessee, Maryland's, you know, outkick their coverage. They're at eighteen. And then the rest of them are brand names. I mean, I don't think Carolina's yeah. gonna always recruit this high. So there's opportunities to move up. The problem is, you know, getting into that top fifteen.
1: You also just got to be fun to watch. I mean, we've said this so many times, but during that that run of wins, 15 to 25 range, I think you can make the name normal there, but you got to win. They just weren't showboating enough, right? And that's how you get the really good wide receivers, the really good skill players. Guys, you know, if we had more years where at least you have like Bradley Chubb and those guys, you know, being the entertainment on the field, maybe it's a little different, but, You know, part of that is he was climbing out of a big hole. I think a lot of people just need to remember, man, like the first first four years was just like getting guys to a point where they were juniors and seniors. I mean, everyone from that first class basically was, you know, playing full time. And I, I think that kind of went into it. And I think Dave was so desperate, not desperate, but so concerned about winning that he probably lost some opportunities for style points, you know. It was only a few games like Louisville and, and some others where you're just like, oh, the, these guys can be super fun and exciting to watch. And instead, it felt like for years, it's just been us biting our nails at the end of games, yeah. um, which doesn't inspire confidence.
0: I think that's perfect, right? Yeah, being interesting that that all that all plays into how you recruit. It's not just going out and, and getting a kid, right? It you've got to be interesting on the field. You've got to be something people are talking about. You've got to be in the highlights. You've got to be on the edge and it's just something it's something that I've been writing about over and over on the site because it is so important. And I was listening to the cover three and and part of the next piece that I'm doing on Dave is based around their comments. Cover three podcast said this was a few weeks back that, and they were talking about the ACC and the previews and they just kind of, yeah, Dave Jordan's doing a good job. Nobody's talking about him because he's boring as hell. And like verbatim, that's what all, all four of them said. And like, yeah, if he was, you know, tweeting out memes or doing something interesting, he'd get a lot more attention for what he's done here. And I think he'd get a lot more positive press and all of that plays into recruiting. I think every, every bit of it, you can be the hand in the dirt. You can be the family atmosphere and all that. But at the end of the day, you still have to brand the hell out of yourself. If you want to differentiate yourself, if you want to crack that top twenty five in recruiting rankings, you damn well better do something interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Evan, are, are hands in the dirt sexy? That old that mentality, that like set of grinded out wins, like I mean, I get it, man. Hands in the dirt for everyone. Doors except the for Louisville the off that Louisville team players. Players. that year because okay. they were freaking <laughs> awful. They I were mean, so I,
1: well, here's the thing, right? The difference is going to be going forward is how do they <laughs> approach the all, the transfer all. portal? I really yeah. like the guys that we've brought in this year. Corey Durden graduates on Friday, if I saw the tweet correctly. So all eyes, yeah, all eyes are on that, but. Um, I I feel like they 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 finally saw a way to say okay we gotta this is how we're gonna fix some of the misses um we're gonna bring in two guys <laughs> on the offensive <laughs> line we're gonna bring like in that. defensive yeah. defensive end slash tackle multiple DBs um you know the only thing that's kind of missing from the list is like do you find like a game changing wide receiver or something like that which you're the chances of that ever happening for NC State are probably extremely unlikely just because um those guys are going to be start hunting, especially if they're that good. Um, I was, I did find it interesting that um, who was it? Joseph Johnson or whatever his name is um, showed up in the portal today, which was a guy that the the staff really, really wanted uh, a year or two back and uh, went chose, you know, committed to us. Yeah. Um, wild in camp had all the measurables that we wanted. And then someone got in his ear and he flipped to Penn state and now he's out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And, um, dad was a big fan. So, I mean, the thing is like, I I would look, I don't know what state's going to do, but honestly, if that guy has like the physical abilities and clearly needs a safe space to land, he's clearly not going to be a hot commodity. I mean, take a chance on a guy like that. See, you know, see if it works out for a year or two. I mean, maybe you just get competitive depth. But that that's the kind of thing where I'd like to maybe see us take a few swings, maybe with the transfer portal and just say, I'm just going to take a guy just based on raw measurable um, and see if you can, you know, get a good head on him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a lot with Carolina sure does. That's also lot. hard they, to stop. Fans players. <laughs> the stats I mean, and the numbers and they just try to get the best you know specimen yeah. they can. Doesn't always work I mean, out. Do we need to bring
1: up this It sure oh, looks sorry. good in the rankings. I was going to say, do we need to bring up the spring game and my boy Chris Scott, I got I wish he yeah. was on his Twitter. Yeah, that's on, a, on, hmm. on copy. That's not something we are um, talking about, right? But the boys in speed were doing some work uh, pick six at the spring previews game. Okay, That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, who knows, man. It's been so long. Been what two weeks?
0: Did we talk about that? I can't remember if we talked about a spring game or not. Yeah, yeah, we probably did. They they were throwing bombs to Ant Smith. The first play of the game, I think, was a deep throw to Ant Smith. They're going to use these guys. I think. I really think they are. They're going to get them in the game. Uh, Pick six previews put out a tweet a few minutes ago. It just picked up on it. And it's related to this. Since 2000, the year 2000, Boston College has produced more first round draft picks than Oregon, UCLA, Nebraska, something, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Stanford, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, lot Mississippi dudes. State, Michigan State. I just mentioned every one of those teams ahead of us in the recruiting rankings. Boston College is two spots behind us in the 2021 rankings. Player development, like that is, yeah yeah a lot of dudes. Jeff hathleys he's a good recruiter but the player development part of it is you know that's something Dave's really good at something also, they just need to sell the limits like of it. more because they probably had
1: everything possible saying. into a positive so, way man if and you say these something it like, comes ah, back to it's bullshit whatever no one's going to remember it in 2 days something from something now well. so in that i say right. just yeah. uh, you you make you can make your own fate here um and maybe that's what's going to happen cuz we got a new st- you know, support staff. I saw that in her notes. Right.
0: And that's the perfect transition into how do you get better recruiting, get a better staff state has Billy Glasscock left for Texas. I was a big Glasscock fan. We Mm. both were. He, he, Helped renovate the mess that Colin Homalka left and, and gave us a couple of bad seasons we had in there. But uh, Mercy fillets, I think you pronounce it, director, player, personnel, takes over Cox job. Under him, Quint Cottenham is an NC State guy, but he was working at Ohio State. Corey Phillips is Vanderbilt. Mike Jones was actually Carolina's assistant media director. And then Maurice Moses from Mississippi State. Uh, one of them also was at Tennessee. forgot well, yeah. Which one? The b- but what what I like about that is you're getting guys from big schools, and all of these guys, all of these places other than Vanderbilt, which we'll, we'll touch on in a second. They recruited better than us, right? If I go back and look at those rankings, every one of them is still ahead of us. So you're getting guys from places that know how to do it or know what it looks like now again, you still have a branding thing, so that's you know that plays into it so far the the work that Mike Jones and Maurice Morris have put out I really like it's got a bit more testosterone to to say it nicely. I think that that's gonna resonate better with the people are trying the kids are trying I just to recruit, like that right? they're trying to recruit 17 18 year old boys and uh, so yeah, you, you know. need to connect I mean, them. no joke. And, uh, i think the I stuff mean, they're putting out way, is, is a little thing more great say, say. you know and are like gonna it. help
1: grow your uh, your following on social media which is gonna in turn make you free money in the future if you can figure yeah. out a way to monetize it so um I, I like the efforts that are going on there um Yeah, I mean, I guess it's curious. What's your take on the the guy coming from Vanderbilt? Um, That's a, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. So immediately everybody said, like, what's his, hold on, let me pull his, his actual title is director of scouting. So, the first reaction everybody said is Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt can't recruit. And they're right. Vanderbilt's dead last in great, the SEC in recruiting. They a great kicker last every year, year, if I recall. It's just how it is. It's like the Duke of the SEC. They just don't recruit well. So they're actually ahead of South Carolina this year now that I'm looking at it. So, that's interesting. Yeah, they did. Um but this guy is not involved in his well, I'm not gonna say he's not involved in because all these guys are involved in it. But his main role is not uh personnel related, it's not identifying players. His main role is more admin, A director of scouting is um you know, is responsible for calling recruits and doing these things, not identifying the players, right? Those things that are uh, i'm trying to think admin is the best way to say it but like he's the back end kind of guy so his it's up to felice and cottingham and i think there's another one shelton i believe is the defensive side of assistant director of player personnel those guys are the ones that have to identify it everybody else is there to get them right so they bait the hook and these guys have to fish that's maybe the right analogy Vanderbilt is actually ahead of Auburn, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Tennessee in the SEC recruiting rankings for 2022. Still early, but they're ahead of those guys. That's fascinating.
1: So, yeah. yeah, I, uh, what I, I just, think again, what they've done... Kind of like you we know, said, it's this going really hard hired to tell. We will judge it it's in a two years, but the early returns from at least the creative has side, been
0: I think, have been really good.
1: At the big programs, understands how they work and can identify gaps in the approach or gaps in the culture to drive that success here. And I just, I think, if you can bring those elements from those programs over, that's great. You know. I, We'll just kind of see. I mean, the thing is, like, sometimes the best thing about those kind of the the staff, the sports staff is not hearing anything about them. Right. Because no one comes really talking to you about them when things are going well. (laughs) So ideally, you know, we just rip off wins and people forget that Mercy is, is back there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I wish I would have never known Colin Holmoka or Billy Glasscock's name, but one being bad led me to research why the other one was good, right? I mean, it just – you had to know how to get better and and I think I agree with you. If, you, if we don't talk about them, then that means something is probably going more right than wrong. I f- forgot which, where I was going with that. Oh, um, well, yeah. What <laughs> – One of the things you mentioned and just about recruiting in general, how do you get better? And to me it is – part of it is you have to – everybody's got to elevate. Everybody's got to see what success looks like. And and one of the things I wrote recently was about the media call that they had with all the coaches. And it was like a Zoom – and it had Dave and Wes Moore and Brendan Holloway and, and Pop Popalizzo and just everybody on there. And they were given their few minutes with Jeff Gravelly and whatever. And it was cool, it was a real concept. What I got from it though is that there is not a know, commitment to excellence, right? Maybe not is the way to say it. Because you have Dave Doran sitting on a laptop, it's like looking up his nose. Wes Moore is like in a closet and half in frame. You can't hear him. Just the little things like that, that you've been doing Zoom calls. You've been recruiting for uh, the past year. And you can't get these guys a hundred dollars setup up with a camera and a light and a better microphone. Like just little things like that, that play into your image and your perception of are you championship caliber? Are you getting, you know, why should I come here? Like, I'm I'm not impressed with, you know, looking up Dave Dorn's nostrils or Kevin Keats' Zoom call where he half blends into the, the fake background they've got going for him. Just little things like that. Like, you're a tech school, computer science, like number yeah. one computer I science mean, program in the country. I kind of said this and because you put out me uh, like that. It's like UNC, the little details. UNC, sorry. that.
1: Virginia Tech. I think state's got a really came out and saying like, okay, hey, we're going to look invest like 30 million dollars in the football program over an unspecified period of time and what I said I thought like if I was state what I would be doing there is I would be hiring all these backroom support, quality control people, analysts, data people, whatever. I'd have people dedicated to trying to steal signals. I would have people that are just running data tendencies on us and on the other teams, just so we have a better idea of what we're possibly facing when they came and come, come to play. And the other thing I would be doing is I would have dedicated guys. And I I don't know if we have this at state. I'd be curious if someone in the department would kind of shed a light for us, or maybe one of the insiders can gather this, but I would have specific people dedicated to a single opponent or two opponents. And all they would do is be breaking down film and living and breathing that opponent so that when we are putting together plans in the off season and when it comes to game week, there is an expert who has broken down and synthesized every single thing that that team does as best that they can do and can give it to our coaches in a bite size, easy to swallow format that gets down to our players and you know, if we want to win, that's that's what that's what they do at Alabama. That's what they do at Clemson. They have guys that are just dedicated to crushing certain opponents. And you know, it's like we're we're facing Mississippi State this year. Who's re- I would like to know who's responsible? Who's been watching all of Leach's tape for the last ten plus years? Who is going through it and saying, "I am Mike Leach this week," and I can tell you exactly what he's going to do to us? Um, that's what I'd be spending money on. I don't give a shit about facilities or anything like that. And maybe this should have been saved for our super premium secret pod, but I I don't know. You just, uh, whatever you just said, that struck a chord with me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Like, you know, Florida state's going, 60 million they're putting this new facility together and i think that stuff's good and it's important because it is an arms race but at the end of the day there's a lot of other areas that i think nc state can improve on in order to elevate everything elevate the recruiting elevate the just the whole perception of everything right you you don't make those mistakes and, and they do a pretty good job like of emphasizing the little things on the field, but it's everything else like around there. Like I would be busting balls. Like if I was like Wes, the image I I clipped of Wes Moore from that video call was so awful that, I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. And for a guy who just won back-to-back ACC titles, I mean, that's just now it's not impacting his recruiting at all. I guess but I finally found again, my it's, it's the whole appearance thing, the whole thing you want to raise more money, you become you know, put a better production. Uh, together. This was about the right dirty, playmakers that
1: UNC was like losing. That. So, um, yeah, someone had said, or Lauren Brownlow had said that you know, Sam Howell at the time was six okay, touchdown passes job. away from having Lungy the up. most in UNC career history as a sophomore. And I was like, well, you know, pass heavy long go red zone play calling plus NFL wide receivers, playing a bunch of teams that didn't crack 500 for two seasons is a hell of a recipe for Howell's TD numbers. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year TD wise assuming no Carter Williams, Diami, or Newsom and assuming that Longo is still there. And you know our comment was, "Well, I'm not concerned about the wide receivers because they've shown a lot of promise as good as Brown and Newsom are." And I was like, "Okay, well, let's just like clarify this. 50% of the receptions, yards and touchdown production is in the two wide receivers, Brown and Newsom. Carallus and Kiami Brown, I think is his name, make up a fraction of that." That's not even factoring in that Williams and Carter are nearly 22% of the pass offense as well. So 72% of the passing offense is in four guys that just left and their effectiveness running and breaking tackles is a correlation to top two wide receiver success as well. My point being there's an elite three or four man group in the two wide receiver running backs that correlates to a significant amount of Longo's offensive successes and massive game plan factors as well for DCs. If you're only having to game plan, in a serious way, for one elite wide receiver and average running backs, Howell's success probably drops. That's like the story that everyone's missing, or should be. You know, I would. I'm just surprised that no one is talking about it that much. Of you're losing these key players, and what does it do to you? Because we saw what it happens when you just lose a Harmon and a Myers, right? And a and a Reggie Gillespie one season, or the year before a Naheem Hines, right? Yeah. Losing key playmakers. And then just assuming that freshmen and sophomores are going to step up or a guy who's just been somewhere on the margins as their wide receiver three or four is going to just take up a massive step, it doesn't usually happen. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Josh Downs, for example, really can become a factor right away. Um, I'm just surprised more people don't recognize the impact of losing elite players, even, (laughs) even if they're just fringe wide receiver NFL picks like we had. Yeah. I
0: can't remember if it was Jason or Nate in the pod chat had mentioned it's 2004 Philip Rivers and I think that was like the perfect analogy because as good as he was and he's better by a long shot than Sam Howell he could you know 8 and 4 is what they did that year. You just you need other pieces to make up the the gap there. You can only do so much. And I think that's, you know, Sam Howell's going to be fighting that uphill battle as well.
1: With someone in the room?
0: And he's no Philip Rivers. Nobody is.
1: Nobody is.
0: If you had to spend a Saturday watching football, one of the coaches on staff in a room, who would it be?
1: Well, previous years I would have said um Yeah, if you had to spend Adazio, a Saturday watching football, one of the coaches of, on staff. I really staff. liked him when he was in that coach's so room. you and
0: X were hanging uh, out in the room watching college
1: football. Who would it be? Oh, I thought I was going to pick like anyone in college football that could break it down really fast. Um, probably Beck, I guess. I'd be interested. I'm more interested to hear how an offensive mind either watches what an offense is doing or uh, interprets what a defense is doing. Um, so I think I'd, I'd be more interested in that. The reason I would say that I liked Dazio for a reason was he was just breaking things down so fast and talking so much about the offensive line. And just, it was really interesting just seeing that jargon talk and how quickly he could translate it off what he was seeing. So probably him. I mean, I guess. Oh my God. No, I'm too afraid that Kurt Roper will slit my throat at the end of the game so that, you know, no one would ever know the secrets that that bald man had told me.
0: I was for sure, thought you were going Kurt Roper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. yes. Like, you ever watched or seen the GIF of the Friends episode where Joey and Chandler are hanging out in the apartment and there's only two chairs? It's like watching a game (laughs) like like Marie Kondo. Two chairs, a canoe, I mean, and like a TV. Just, That's probably Kurt Roper's apartment. Oh,
1: that place sparked joy. What do you guys think? I don't nothing know nothing in there.
0: Two chairs for Will and Kurt to watch some football. I was gonna go with Garrison.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was gonna go with Garrison just Chuck because Amato I think he's past. probably I couldn't, a good time. I couldn't handle.
0: The big jolly <laughs> off not kind of
1: voice for like that long of a game, yeah. But he would, I would love his energy. That, that would be I feel like pick. he would definitely bring, I, think. I was thinking about
0: that one. No.
1: Gibson would be like probably lit off of like 10 cores. Um, what do they call? Oh god, what are they? Cody call Gibson, I think, would be probably um, pretty interesting.
0: The banquets, he's a fiery one. <laughs>
1: Definitely yeah, Gibson I mean, looks like he's the most ready to party on the team. I feel like I'd, it's just a West Virginia vibe. I think
0: <laughs> the banquet beer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that's uh, probably, probably true. He'll burn a couch after
1: Saturday. I mean, hello, Lamar Jackson.
0: If you can increase the speed, skill, or power, I mean, any even position uh, Daniel State, Jones, right? That that
1: choose? that idiot is ex- just so fast. You know, do, do you ever watch that, like in the NFL, like when Daniel Jones actually breaks a run, <laughs> and they like do like the little Amazon thing, and they're like, "Oh, there's a cheetah on the field," apparently.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes. think about it like this:
1: kinetic speed, energy is one half mv yeah. squared. Man, velocity, baby. That, I, that's where I, we've everything been begging is. for
0: speed um, for years. So, I gotta was think it, that will be was the Was it just that one position, position, or was it her? just
1: one ability? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. It would. Yeah. Yeah. One position. Hmm. So it would be like I don't know. I would I would have said wide receiver in the past, but I think we've done that. So maybe I'll go power for the offensive line.
1: Yeah. Ideally, I guess I think the one thing we've said I think what we I or li- I think I what I've really like done is like a quarterback. I don't care you if you've got way. like a great cannon. I just That's want dual threats. Question. So to me, speed back, and the ability to scramble speed. and and make plays with your feet at That position we've just seen so many times year in year out it can take anyone that's got a really good arm and take them to the elite level and it can certainly make dudes like uh what malik willis um you know it can it can elevate these guys that shouldn't really be problematic for us and it just enables you to have another facet in the in the game so to me speed at at quarterback is probably the most important and i'd say second i would say speed at wide receiver there's you Mm -hmm. cannot Overstate the importance of just being able to throw a ball up and have a dude separate um, down the field and just make plays. Outside of Russell Wilson, outside
0: of Russell it's Wilson, not Jacoby, who's the fastest? How far back do I need to go? Who's the fastest quarterback from state that you can think of?
1: Yeah. Oh my god.
0: Uh They're pretty far back, I think. He I, I got the name in my head, but I don't know. If oh you hell can come up I
1: no man. I, I can't even Who the hell is and that? He wrestled
0: <laughs> Um Bulls. He wrestled bulls. I'll try to think of how to
1: Olin Hanum. If you're a backup and you're not was- <laughs> named Harrison Beck, I'm not going to remember you. <laughs> he was the
0: backup. Uh, I don't know. He was oh, going to be the okay. quarterback. I wasn't kind of fan at that point. I don't remember what year that was. Olin Hanum. he still... He's 2001. 2000 and 2001. Or junior and senior year. Yeah, 43 rushes for... 300 yards six yards at an attempt and he's the fastest one i can think of but he was a rodeo clown or bull rider i don't remember what he was he was one of those things. i thought
1: i don't know i yeah. i don't remember the measure i don't know it's like, that's a
0: tough question i, I couldn't I, I was trying to go
1: back and think seen. who uh there was a guy that
0: who the hell would, would be have, the um, fastest quarterback
1: we've had no there was well there was a guy that we had that was uh, a quarterback and then he transferred over not transferred over but moved over to like safety or something like that I don't think he ever really saw the field. Um, it was Tom, O'Brien, like Breyer Tom, O'Brien, back from um, Charlotte. No, no, no. I think he had like injury issues. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll remember it at some point.
0: Uh, oh, probably ran him off for the less popular. <laughs> I'm looking through oh, a quarterback list over the years, high, and there's just not list? a lot. Let's see who has the most rushing yards.
1: Mike Glennon isn't is up by there
0: far. Jacoby's next. There's a lot of negative, <laughs> a lot of negative yards here.
1: What's Phil got?
0: Uh, Ryan Finley. Yeah, I mean, he. 17. Mike Glennon has <laughs> negative 280 yards rushing in his career.
1: Wow. Must has been a lot Little of and a lot 96. of naked boots with that speed he brought to the table.
0: 17 rushing TDs, though. Jesus, that's a FAQ you wouldn't expect. Yeah.
1: All right, I'm, I'm, I'm reeling you back in. Johnny Evans, <laughs>
0: that's too far back. Scott Smith, I don't know who that is. Harrison Beck, negative 42 rushing yards. There's a bunch of names on here that are like, who the heck are these guys?
1: Oh, give me Sorry. a recliner. Okay. This, yeah, okay so I'm, this is a big hot topic in the household all right. currently. Uh, all of our couches right, are other one? We got one other like, question here. deep seated. It seems like. So right, couch, I've been having couch tons reclining. of back issues. And one of the things you're supposed to do when you do that is not slouch when you're relaxing and all of our couches do not enable like sitting up straight comfortably with your feet on the ground. Cause I'm a, not a tall person. And, uh, all I could think about the other day, I was like, oh man, I remember this old lazy boy we used to have and there's just nothing like just popping back. Your whole body is your back, but you got your proper ergonomics from the recliner. I'm recliner all the way.
0: Yeah, me too. I've got one in my office, and my in laws bought it for my wife when she was pregnant with our first kid. And it like spins and rocks, and it's a power recliner, lays back, living just living the and dream. Soon All my that kids doggy coin that you've got old enough. I was like, I am taking this thing out of, out of the nursery and putting it in, in my office. And it's in my office. It's my video. Please game tell it me it you sold that off. A awesome. recliner, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. Doggy coin, it's popping. What you can't find your oh password? Four twenty, it's celebrating four twenty. That's for sure. Uh I sold what I had, but I still couldn't find my. I still can't find my big batch somewhere. Yeah, it's a. No, I can't find. I. It's on a computer that I have somewhere, and I don't know where. So, yeah, it's uh It's a lot. It's a lot of doggy coin. <laughs> it's really disappointing, but. Alright, we're going to cut this one here and we're going to do a premium pod that I'm going to run right after this for those subscribers because there are apparently some really big rumors that we need to talk about. Go Pack. So I'm going to leave that here. And for you regular listeners, thank you for listening. Join the site and listen to this nonsense we're about to talk because there's some weird rumors out there. As always, Go Pack. I was by the race.